Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will continue his message, which is titled Bear Fruit. This is the first message in a series of messages, which is also titled Bear Fruit. The cornerstone thought for this series of messages is that bearing fruit is a component and a commitment for a lifestyle that glorifies Christ. The primary passage for this message is Matthew 3, verses 1 through 10. If you have your Bibles, please open them to Matthew 3 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Today, I just want to give you three key takeaways as quickly as I can. Three key takeaways from this passage that I can believe can and will aid us in being disciple-making disciples, not just for this year, but for however long the Lord calls us to live and walk in this earth. To walk this walk as the Holy Spirit instructed us to do through the apostles so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we're just going to look at verse 8. You ready? Here we go. First point. Verse 8 says, bearing fruit and keeping with repentance. Here's the first thing I want you to see from this. Number one, it's a command. Bear fruit to powerful yet impactful words. It's a very short command, a short imperative, such as sit down, stop here, come inside, call me. In this short yet firm command, the Apostle John is communicating something of extreme importance, something that is very vital and needed, something that is also a non-negotiable. Something that cannot and should not be avoided. The more I have walked this Christian journey, the more I have come to know and believe and trust that God commands, they're not punitive, they're protective. My rejection to those commands can bring forth unfavorable situations or circumstances. Listen. His laws, his statutes, his commands, they're not punitive. He's not trying to punish us. He's not trying to be petty and pay us back. He's trying to love us and bring us back. But if I reject those commands, if I reject his laws, his statutes, if I don't try to honor those, then I can bring on myself unfavorable consequences or circumstances. And those unfavorable circumstances, as I stated, most often are of the self-inflicted nature. So it's very honest, I mean, it's very helpful if we would be honest about where we are in this. So watch this, Psalm 119 says this, he says, listen, it was good that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. So even, watch this, even if I, what, what I may have even meant for evil or done that was evil, God can still turn and work for my good. A few verses up, it says, I went astray, then I was afflicted. It was of the self-inflicted kind. I didn't want to obey, I didn't want to follow his word, and therefore I got put in a situation that was detrimental. These life events, they show and prove to us that he knows what's best for us, and he does not want us to be in harmful situations. My mom could look at me, and after giving me a command, she would sometimes say, remember, son, I'm the one that brought you in this world, and I can also be the one that will... Now watch this. So if dependence on God, listen... 
if dependence on God is the objective, then obedience to God is our advantage. If dependence on God is the objective, then ob obedience to God is our advantage. If bearing fruit for God is the objective, then obeying his commands is our advantage. Heard it said this way by Dr. Piper. He says this, our obedience is God's pleasure when it proves that God is our treasure. This is good news because it means very simply that the command to obey is the command to be happy in God. The commandments of God are only as hard to obey as the promises of God are hard to believe. The word of God is only as hard to obey as the beauty of God is hard to cherish. So bearing fruit means that we refuse to let his salvific work for all mankind and specifically to me or you to be in vain. So let's be very clear about something. Bearing fruit in the Christian life is not about doing works or attempting righteousness in our own strength. Rather, it is about intentionally growing in our walk with Christ. Inviting the Holy Spirit work of transformation in us and actively obeying God in all he commands us to do. When we pray together, when we praise together, when we grieve together, when we lament together, when we believe together, when we read his word together, when we serve together, we are intentionally growing in our walk with Christ, inviting the Holy Spirit to do his work of transformation in and through us and walking in obedience as he calls us to do, which leads us to our next point. It is a command, that's the first point, we're going to build this one little theme out. It is a command for a lifestyle. Bear fruit, that's the first clause of the sentence. Let's look at the second clause, in keeping. In keeping. In keeping points us to the standard, which is repentance, and also informs us that bearing fruit is not just the command, it's a lifestyle for the believer. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you all, but I, I, I have learned what it looks like when you don't put uh, oil in your car. Oh, everybody been there, right? <laughs> Boy, it was it was a resounding for the online family. You couldn't hear that, but it was like ooh, like everybody everybody can identify with that. And and, and so it's wise, it's wisdom if you take your car in to get its preventive maintenance. Is it not? So, so we, we, we need to regularly take our cars for oil changes or tune-ups, uh, uh, tire rotations, and, and whatever else they may say. You know, sometimes you got to pay attention. You got to be discerning now. That's why you got to use your spirit because they be trying to rip you off. They be trying to get you to do everything. Next thing you know, you know, change your wiper blades, your, your lug nuts, your carburetor. Like, all I needed was oil change. I didn't need all that type of stuff. How did I come in here for $30 and I end up paying $3,000? Something just ain't right. But the gist of this is, if your car needs maintenance, doesn't your soul? And you won't really know that unless you're consistently living a lifestyle that can point to you when you're out of alignment. 
if you're just regularly out of alignment and you haven't been exposed to anything different, I don't know I'm out of alignment. You can't make an informed decision on anything you haven't been exposed to. So if you've never been exposed to light, all you will know is darkness. If you've never been exposed to joy, all you will know is sorrow. So what the Lord is calling us to do, what he has called us to do, what the Apostle John has saying, listen, this is a lifestyle that you must maintain bearing fruit. Lifestyle is a habit, it's an attitude, it's moral standards that, that, that together constitute a mode of living for an individual or group. In other words, be holy for your God is holy. Or as Lady, Lady Reed would say, Holiness is still what? Y'all done heard us say plenty of times. Holiness is still right. I know this. If I'm an employee, you know how I know I'm bearing fruit? Because they still pay me on Friday or every other Friday. I clock in, right? I show up, and how I know I'm bearing fruit is I get that check direct deposited, Every 1st and 15th or every other, whatever your pay cycle is, that's how I know it. If you are a business owner, you know that you're bearing fruit by your ability to market and promote and then seeing new business. I don't know anybody can stay in business with old business unless you got that long, like, Vanderbilt money. You got that old Vanderbilt, like, train uh, track money back in the day. That, that old, like, if you got money like that, where you, your money is doing the work for you now. That's where the money resides. I was just saying, that's where the money resides. So they, there it is. So, so, so if, if you want to see the fruit of home ownership, get your credit together. Save up some money. Go look for a house. That's how you're going to see the fruit of it. So if I'm a believer, how am I going to see the fruit of believing if I'm not believing? And if, and if my believing gets a little suspect or gets a little weary or whatever, I have a community of believers that helps me to get back in alignment. Hebrews chapter 10 says, do not forsake the assembly, the coming together, because that's where we are encouraged to love and good works. Can we stop minimizing the church? Can we stop devaluing God's bride? Can we stop acting like it's better to be away from the church than in the church? Oh, I don't need to show up. Them people don't care about me. I don't need to be doing all this. It ain't the people. It's the God of the people. Can we bring more reverence back to the house of God? Can we bring more respect back to the house of God? After all, he shed his blood for the church. He gave all of himself for each and every one of us. Can we treat the church as precious as God sees it? Can we see the church through his eyes? Can we serve in the house of God with, with vigor and excitement, with intentionality? Can we praise in the church with passion? And, 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 this, and this desire to see the presence of God, the glory of God fall on the place and bring forth healing. And, and, and you see the lame begin to walk and the, and the blind begin to see and the deaf begin to hear and cancer begin to flee and tumors begin to shrink. Can we begin to believe and praise to that degree? Can we give God his propers?
we make so many excuses to not come to church, to not be to church, and we still think God's supposed to bless us exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or even think. Why? Don't you hate that person that always call you and be wanting something? And the moment you call them, they always got something going on and they can't do nothing for you? Why you always ask me for $50? When, can I, when I ask you for $50, you always say you ain't ever got it. Maybe it's just me. Let me stop. Let me stop. Because maybe it's just maybe it's just me. So why why do we treat God like that? You know you know you know why? Here's why. Because we don't see sin through the eyes of a holy God. We have a very man-centered view of sin. We don't we don't really understand mercy. We don't really understand grace. The songwriter said, "I'll never know how much it costs." to see my sins upon that cross. You'll never know. And because Jesus was so good, so loving, he covers us with mercy. He doesn't deal with us as our sins deserve. And so what has happened to the children of God? We got the case of the big head. And you think God ain't seen you in your mess. Because you hid it from man, you thought you hid it from God. And that's the beauty of God sometimes. God's so loving, sometimes he won't even expose you like that. But he's always calling you, calling you, calling you home, calling you home. So bearing fruit and keeping with repentance means that my life should look like redemption. My life should look like restoration. My life should look like resurrection. My life should look like obedience. Bearing fruit says I'm not perfect, but I know I have been purchased. Been purchased by the blood of the lamb. Bearing fruit says, like the songwriter says, a change, a change has come over me. He changed my life and now I'm free. He washed away all my sins and made me whole. He washed me white as snow. He changed my life complete and now I sit, I sit at his feet to do what must be done, I'll work and I'll work until he comes because a wonderful change has come over me. Can we not be like our beloved A.W. Tozer said, that we not be Christian? He said this, he said it like this. He says, Christians don't tell lies. They just go to church and sing them. A.W. Tozer famous theologian he says listen he said Christians don't tell lies they just go to church and sing them do we really believe are we really trying to live a lifestyle that is in keeping with repentance let's go a bit deeper just for a second just a bit deeper Verse 9, and do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Listen, watch this. Listen, do not presume to say that we have Abraham as our father. We can't, watch this. It's good that mama and them, grandma and them prayed for you, raised you up in church, brought you up in the faith, pointed you to Jesus, and do all those type of things. But now comes a place, Right? It's that point of decision where you have to say, he's my God, not my grandma's God. 
He, he, he belongs. He, he has become my Lord and my Savior for myself. Now I can identify with why grandma was singing, why my aunties were singing, why, why, why I saw the deacons raise their hands and serve in the church. Now I can understand, yes, that has become my God. What he says is that, listen, 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 don't be riding on nobody else's coattail. Abraham did what he had to do for Abraham to be connected with me. You need to do what you need to do so you can be connected with me. And so we can praise God for our parents and grandparents and other important people, but we have to still drink and taste and see that he's not only good, but that he is God. We don't need to be fans of Jesus anymore. We need to be followers. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode, where Pastor Chuck will finish up his message, which is titled, Bear Fruit. 